The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, kitty up, first responders. It's the Christmas New Year time frame. Time for celebration, domestic violence, and despair. Tis the season for domestic violence and despair. Despair. But not without some holiday cheer. Just kidding, guys. You've stumbled into the Failure to Stop Last Call show, the number one show where police meet society and culture. And Last Call is the show that gives you something else to talk about other than that bullshit. Giving you something to talk about with your friends at the barbecue this weekend other than dead babies and domestic bar, uh, domestic violence. I'm talking about Last Call of the Day the show that will save your third marriage. Thank you guys for tuning in. We've got a couple of people in the live chat today. I'm drug free um, from my broken arm. Um, I'm codecaine free. So, uh, you know, I'm fucking like seven days sober now of the codecanes. I'm ready to rip today's show, boys and girls. I am ready to go. I've been studying all night. I'm excited. Today's show is brought to you by Ammo Seek, iTarget, and GhostBed. All three things, perfect gifts. For the holiday season, if you are a first responder or the loved one of a first responder, your first responder, one, needs a great night's sleep. Nothing better than GhostBed, and GhostBed has the best deals. Beds made in the good old USA, got that cooling technology. All my cop friends have them. Dude, I've sold more GhostBeds than anything else in my whole entire life. Everybody loves them. Everybody raves about them, and that's because they're perfect. Ammo Seek, every, every first responder is a shooter first. Should be a shooter first. Except the medics, I can save them, I can save them. Real first responders like, I can fucking shoot them, I can fucking shoot them. I can save them, I can save them, don't shoot them. I'll shoot them, I'll fucking shoot them. But anyway, everybody needs ammo, baby. Ammoseek.com, uh, promo code WOLFPACK there. Get you uh, a free, get you on a, a free, I don't know, a free subscription to Ammoseek, if you will. But Ammoseek is the number one uh, search engine for ammo. So you can find ammo at the best price, the best availability, Wherever you, whatever kind of rounds you want, you can find it at amoseek.com. And then, of course, my favorite new sponsor, iTarget, where you get the little laser bullet and the gun, and you can shoot at the little laser target. Promo code Wolfpack, and we'll do some savings there. Today, we're going to talk about lots of things in the news. We've got uh, a man falling off a cruise ship, which is an incredible story that you have to know. Have to share this with you. Also, what the fuck is goblin mode? Who's going in goblin mode and Why? Um, and then how many people actually died building, getting ready for the World Cup? It's a pretty astronomical number. Also, we've got some uh, migrants that fled an airplane, a little fake pregnancy thing there we'll talk about. And then Andrew Luck from the NFL and then some Christmassy things, man. It's going to be a show chock full of fun and good times. I hope everybody's doing well. There's a lot of people in the live chats. Today's show is live for our YouTube audience, our paid YouTube audience. So always got to give a shout out to my crew here, the Wolfpack. Ooh. We got Bones Cold, Fleas Austin, Lumber Chef, Hydro Man Blue, Dead, Meg, Dead Leg Media, uh, of course, Jonathan Bates. And um, and I'll answer one quick question before we jump into the show because I saw it in the chats. I said, what's going on with your book? What happened with your meeting in Durham? I am releasing a book called Pig Latin, a seriously funny true story. It is a comedy about my career as a police officer. And the book went really well. Um, 
It was going to be a uh, self-published book. However, I sent the manuscript to some other people and now it's becoming much more than just that. So what we're doing now is putting together this big old media package and, uh, and, and uh, meeting with, with a big publishing house and an agency and now I have to do all the things that they want to do before we can launch a book. And we came up with a timeline of events. Um, so we have a lot to do before the official announcement, which I know I made an official announcement already because I was going to self-publish, but that's not real. Um, so the official announcement, I'm guessing will come out maybe January or February. And then after that, there'll be a three-month three pre-order push. And then the final uh, release of the book will be at the end of that month three, and it'll be all hands on deck. So it's becoming a much bigger deal than I ever really thought it was or wanted it to be. But um, frankly, the offer on the table was just, I couldn't pass it up. I mean, it's, we'll see what happens. We'll see if it pays off or see if it works out. But um, that's where I'm at on the books. So we're all just going to have to hold on to our horses and be patient. Nothing it was, there's no joy without sacrifice, as I say. I feel like this microphone's really fucking loud today. Uh, all right, let's jump into it. First and foremost, right up in the news and the weird news, something to talk about over the weekend was a woman on a plane heading to from Morocco to Turkey had to stop in Spain on the way because a woman's water broke. And I put that in air quotations because her water didn't actually break. She faked it. Remember the old office episode where Pam wanted to get out of the meeting? Oh, my water broke. And then they find out that it was just a, a little bit of drinking water. That's what happened on this fucking airplane. So they stopped the plane in Spain. 24 people, 28 people, jump off the plane, take off running in all directions. They catch 12 of them. They catch 12 of them. They, don't get, they couldn't catch the other like 14. They're gone. Where'd they go? Why? But I guess people are trying to flee Morocco uh, like people are trying to flee California. Morocco's the new San Francisco, I guess. Everybody wants the fuck out. So, you know, I don't know. If you're in Spain, you see a bunch of Moroccans. Maybe it's racist. I don't know. But you should probably ask if, to see their papers. Because uh, there's 14 of them just running around out there. And what's so bad about Morocco? I thought Morocco was a vac vacay destination. Maybe I'm, Maybe I'm wrong. But I felt like that's where you go to ride camels they put a little monkey on your shoulder, get to walk around. Uh, speaking of monkey, uh, monkey pox. They said it sounds racist. So it's now just called impox. I actually, this was actually real. You can look this up. But there was a news broadcaster. I hope, I think it was a comedy news broadcaster. But he says if they thought monkey pox was racist, so they changed it to impox, what do you think the in and N95 mask stood for? <laughs> oh, makes you wonder. I don't know. Uh, oh, also something fun to talk about that I wasn't really going to bring up today. The uh, liver king. The only thing faker than the liver king is uh, today's voting process. That's a joke I wrote high on Codicane. I did write a few jokes on Codicane. One, one of those jokes being that one that I just said. And the other one being... Uh, what does the communist potato eat? Dictator tots. I wrote that when I was high on codecaine. I thought it was funny, but yeah, the other one is like, what's faker than the liver king? Uh, nothing's faker than the liver king except our, our, our voting process here in America. We've gone third world. Goblin mode. Next up in the news, goblin mode. This is, we talked about Webster's 
Dictionary's word of the year last week, which was gaslighting. That was the word of 2022. According to Webster, it was gaslighting. Now this one, this word of the year is for Oxford's word of the year. Uh, I'm going to give you one word, (laughs) Oxford, one word of the year, goblin mode. (laughs) I got one word for you. Um, this year, Oxford's language, the creator of Oxford English Dictionary, titled Goblin Mode as the 2022 word of the year, meaning it best reflected the ethos and mood of the past 12 months. And this is scary shit. This is scary shit. Because what goblin mode means is, quote, it captured the prevailing mood of individuals who rejected the idea of returning to normal life or rebelled against the increasingly unattainable aesthetic standards and unsustainable lifestyles exhibited on social media. It means, Oh, we can't live up to the expectations of this world. So let's just fucking give up. Let's go goblin mode, become a fucking goblin. That is the wrong answer. Testosterone is at an all time low, which means depression has got to be at an all time high because that, that goes hand in hand. So if testosterone is at an all time low, then depression's got to be an all-time high. And I feel it, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 40. And this testosterone thing is a fucking, it's a real thing. Like, I, I don't take testosterone, but I, I eat things. My wife forces me to eat stuff that's like naturally boosts your testosterone. Getting outside, getting into a routine. But it, life's not about just giving up. Just because you can't have the six-pack abs and the liver king packs and all the things doesn't mean you just go fucking goblin mode and just give up and don't return to normal society. Uh, the word of the year is typically based on analyzing language data on emerging words and their popularity. But this year, Oxford Languages incorporated a public vote into the process and asked people to cast their ballot. Oh, God. More fake voting. <clears throat> Between the top three expressions of the year, goblin mode, metaverse, and hashtag I stand with. Dude, that's not telling of today's times. If that's not telling of today, that we are so comfortable in 2022 that goblin mode a.k.a. get fat and give up, metaverse, which is a made-up fucking universe that we're trying to make a real thing here, fetch, it's never going to take, and hashtag I stand with. Personally, I don't want you to stand with me for anything. I want you to fight for me. I'm get all moto and yutster. Like some crazy shit happens to me that you don't agree with. I don't want you to stand with me in solidarity. I want you to fucking fight. But we don't do that in 2022 because we're goblin mode. We just say, fuck it. Kind of how I am with voting. Fuck it. It's not even real. Fuck it. Never voting again. Goblin mode. Goblin mode. Hey, Eric, who you vote for? Goblin mode. Hey, Eric, what are you going to podcast? Goblin mode. I'm, go- I'm not even podcasting anymore. I'm goblin mode. That's my fucking motto. I never heard the word goblin mode. Until today, they said it was a term that came out in 2009, didn't go viral till 2022. Sorry, I know we're in 2023. Um, no, we're coming up on 2023, we'll be in 2023 soon, but it went viral this year, 2022. Um, and 300,000 people voted. 93% voted favoring Goblin Mode to be the word of the year. And it is, I can't believe I never heard it. Because it is a word that, identify it's a word i can identify with i am going to go goblin mode my wife's like yo eric can you help me fold laundry goblin mode no i'm in goblin mode right now 
I have given up. I cannot meet society's standard of folding. I can't fold clothes as good as PacSun or Zoomies or H&M. So I'm goblin mode on folding. Okay, well, that's great. Can you go mow the lawn? No, I will never mow my yard as good as the standards of the TPC sawgrass, so goblin mode. When's your book coming out? Goblin mode. I'll never be Stephen King, so fucking goblin mode. How crazy is that? What do you guys think in the chats? We all go on... Go <laughs> I'll go Lori Jenkins on someone for <laughs> you, Tansy. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you. Eric is in, on <laughs> is in 2023. I am, but 2022, whatever. Um, that was for sure 4chan doing it then. That has been such a thing that we would do. Anyway, uh, goblin mode. Whatever you have to say, I don't care. I'm in goblin mode. Will Cray says monkey mode. Can't do that. The word monkey is now, according to science racist i don't get that though i don't get that too because like yeah i mean are, are monkeys monkeys aren't even like brown or black usually like i think i see monkeys as being like gray you know or i guess like like a like a like a light brown color I, how did that become a thing i call my kids monkey all the time that's a really bad story but um I'll tell it. I can tell it. it's not racist. My kids, they act like monkeys all the time. And one day we were in, the, we were in a store. We were in the checkout line and there was a little African-American child and my child who's, you know, basically, uh, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. So they were both standing there and they were fiddle fucking with candy bars. And my son was about, I don't know, like three years at the time. And the, the African-American child was probably like eight, so much older. So my kid wasn't really going after the candy bar as much as he was like just trying to like see what was going on. And I was like, all right, you little monkey, knock it off. And the mom turned around and she goes, excuse me? And I was like, oh, that's my nickname for my child. And she was like, you should find a more appropriate nickname. And she just glared at me. And the woman at the cash register glared at me. I didn't say shit. I was like... Yeah, I'll think about, I'll work on that. Yeah, sorry about that. But I was thinking in my brain, it's like, man, when did that become a fucking racist thing? Like, I can't call my kid a monkey for acting like a fucking monkey. Has nothing to do with my son's race or her kid's race. If you act like a monkey, if he was acting like a duck, I'd say, hey, get your ducks in a row there. You know, quack, 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 ducks, get in the row. I don't know. Is it racist? We should play a game called, is it racist? Oh... Uh... Um, let's go on to, um, we're getting closer to my favorite story, which is this man overboard story. It's an incredible story. So you got to stick with me here. This is another one great in the news. Um, fact checkers have come out with this and said it's false. I don't believe the fact checkers, fact checkers anymore because of, of propaganda, but it was put out and, and it was the big topic of conversation on Thanksgiving while we were all watching the world cup. By the way, if you live under a rock and you don't sports, uh, the World Cup, which is a soccer event, is going on right now. But the big topic of discussion was that this is the most expensive World Cup ever hosted. And they say that the money that it cost to build the World Cup complexes for Qatar combined, this one World Cup, if you combined all the other World Cups' money, this one was more. 
combined alone. So this one alone was more than all the other ones combined. That is insanity. The guitar's got that fucking Saudi gas money. There's no alcohol in the stadiums. Obviously, no being gay in the stadiums. There's no gay shit because it's against the law over there. Um, and and then slave labor. But I mean, we can all get ourselves around the World Cup and support it and watch it and and everything. But uh, but let's just like be real here. Six thousand five hundred migrant workers, according to this article. This is the Guardian, and there's several other articles that back it up. 6,500 migrant workers have died in Qatar since the World Cup uh, began being built. Now, fact checkers say that that number is more around 400. If you were building a stadium in the United States and 400 people died while building the fucking thing, could you imagine more than 6,500, according to this article, more than 6,500 migrant workers from India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka have died in Qatar since it won the right to host the World Cup. Now, it's over 10 years. I'd still say that 6,500 people is a lot of fucking people in 10 years working on just one project. I mean, they're building Nova Nordisk, like which is like one of the, the world's largest pharmaceutical companies right down the road from here. They've been building that thing for um, I don't even know know how long it's it's been it's been at least eight years, and uh, I I don't know of anybody that's died working on it. I don't. I mean, I mean, I could guess I could Google it, but it hasn't really made you know made news. Not six thousand five hundred people. The findings compiled from the government sources mean an average of 12 migrant workers died each week building the infrastructure for the World Cup. The total death toll is significantly higher as these figures do not include deaths from a number of countries which send large numbers of workers to Qatar, including the Philippines and Kenya. So they're saying they didn't even count them. They didn't even count those numbers, so it could be higher. Wow, man. Well, death records are not categorized by occupation or place of work, it is likely many workers who have died were employed on the World Cup infrastructure project, says Nick McGean, uh, a director at Fair Square Projects and advocacy groups specializing in labor rights in the Gulf. A very significant proportion of the migrant workers who have died since 2011 were only in country because Qatar won the right to host the World Cup. Now, this was, when they said this number at dinner, I argued, I was like, dude, that's preposterous. There's no way that 6,500 people died building the infrastructure to the World Cup. That's just got to be some kind of fabricated number. So I went and looked it up, and it was just article after our BBC did an article on it, Fox News did an article on it, The Guardian did an article on it, all these people did articles on it. And then I went back to cover it today because I wanted to cover it now that Thanksgiving's over and I'm not all drugged up. And I type it in, and guess what the, headline, the first thing that came up today is? Fact checkers uh, claim or, or, or show that this is false. The only reason that the fact checkers give a shit about this is because they want to, they're virtual signaling because they support the World Cup so much. It, like, I don't know how soccer became like a massive liberal sport, but like every liberal, like I'm talking like far, far left liberal that I know right now is like 
automatically like obsessed with this World Cup. Those motherfuckers haven't played soccer a day in their fucking life. And all of a sudden, I talked to one of them. I was like, bro, have you even ever watched soccer? And he goes, oh yeah, I played. I was like, you played soccer? He said, well, I played lacrosse. It's like the same thing. He, that was his exact words. And this dude is like massive liberal. Was going all in on, on this whole World Cup thing, talking about players' names. And I was just like in awe. And finally, I was like, yo, you don't watch soccer. I've known you for like 10 years. You don't fucking play soccer, watch soccer. This is the first time I've ever heard you talk about soccer. And it's funny because then I brought up, I was like, well, dude, what do you think about like, I mean, I don't want to get into it because, you know, this whole Saudi Arabia thing. Like, I mean, I just, I don't, I, I'm not going to, I mean, one, there's no alcohol allowed there. Crazy. One, there's no gay stuff allowed there. That's crazy. Um, not that I'm gay or an alcoholic, but like, I still think that's crazy. And 6,500 people died building this fucking thing. They use slave labor to build this thing. You know, what they, how they treat their women over there is completely against everything that we stand for over here. Yet we are all in on this game this week. Imagine if the NFL did some shit like that. Am I way off on this? Is there like some soccer players out there that want to shed some light? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. I play. Will Cray says he played soccer back when he was younger, and he could care less about the World Cup. Yeah, me too, man. I could care less about the World Cup. Um, I don't even know who's in it, but I, I, I don't know. Like I, the fact checkers say that this is fake. How fake is it, though? I mean, on Thanksgiving, everybody covered it. Everybody covered it like it was true. So let's just say that it's probably not true because I don't believe the mainstream media anyway. But like, if the fact checkers are saying four hundred and the media is saying sixty five hundred. I don't trust the fact checkers either. So the Russians have won, right? Like nobody knows what the fuck is real these days and what's not. Nobody knows what fake news is and what it's not. Um, but I'll go with the fact checkers on this one. We'll say 400 that way for the sake of non-exaggeration, but let's say 400. That's an absurd amount of people to die <clears throat> on a project. I feel like the project would be cursed at that point. I don't what, Do you think that's a lot? I, I don't know, but uh, I, I I just think it's so funny that all these people are all about, you know, all about, and, and they did the same thing with the Chinese Olympics and things. It's like, the, it's like the game outweighs the humanity. For me, I don't want anything to do with country. Like, I don't want to visit Dubai because I don't agree with any of their politics, any of it. I don't like how they treat the women over there. I don't like how they treat other people over there. I don't like the way the laws are. I don't care how pretty Dubai is. I'm not fucking going on principle. I had the same argument with another staunch left-wing liberal about how, oh my gosh, no, you, you haven't, you're just saying that because you haven't been to Dubai. You haven't said that because you haven't been to Dubai. No, I, I'm not going to Dubai. I, I agree with, I, I will totally agree that Dubai is probably amazing. And I've been to Qatar. I've been to Qatar however you want to say it. I've been there. I haven't been to Dubai, but I've been to Qatar. I mean, I mean I'm not impressed, but I was there for military reasons, so I didn't really get to enjoy it. But uh, on principle, man, like, you know, it's like we do all these things on principle here, unless it comes to the Olympics or the World Cup. I don't, I don't get it. It's like the Tesla thing. I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's very hypocritical to me. Oh, 
cancel some things. Cancel some things, but we'll still wear Adidas. We'll still wear Doc. I always think it's funny that Doc Martens are the boot of choice for activists. I mean, I don't know. Seems like there's like a lot of really bad history with those brands. A lot of bad histories with those bands. Um, all right, let's get on to the story that I really wanted to talk about the most today. Um, I'm pumped on this one. Uh, <laughs> you're walking around in my mind today. You are walking around in my mind. It's what last call is all about. This is a story about a dude who fell off of a thing. Now, I saw this video. I saw it on an interview. I have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say about this. You're going to hear all of it. We can debate it. Follow us on social media. Go to the Instagram, Last Call. Go to Failure to Stop. Follow us there. But if you if you want to go to Last Call and get really engaged with me personally on Last Call, there are several, well, not several people, myself, Drew Breezy, Andrea Uplate, Mike the Cop, all manage the Instagram. So you might not know who you're talking to when you're messaging boards back and forth on Failure to Stop. However, on Last Call, that is 100% me. So if you want to message me back and forth or if you want to directly get in, talk, uh, in touch with me and you're not a part of our Discord, you can hit me up on the Last Call Instagram. Um, <clears throat> um, but I would love to talk about this case with you. And it's not just the story. The story is incredible, but it's what happened after the story that I think is more important. But anyway, to, to sum this up for you, there was a cruise off the Gulf of Mexico um, it was, um, I, I can't even remember it was carnival cruise and, uh, it was the carnival valor. And, uh, there was a 28 year old man went missing on this 3,756 passenger cruise. So the story I heard that is not coming from this New York times article, but actually from this gentleman, this 28 year old gentleman who fell off of the, the boat, um, uh, his name is James Grimes. He says that, um, he was feeling sick. He was feeling sick after playing air guitar an air guitar competition. Okay. Follow me here. There was an air guitar competition after the competition. He didn't feel good. So he went back to his room. His family says that he stepped out of his room to go. I don't remember if it was to go get some ice. I think it was to go get some ice. And I didn't see him again. Gonzo's. And so the next like they start to panic. Um, by about 1045 on Thanksgiving morning, they still didn't have any sign of him. And they notified the crew. Now, this was 10 hours after he went missing. 10 hours. Okay. Air guitar competition, back to the room. Now we're at 1045, which is 10 hours after he went missing. So a little late night on the cruise boat. At 8.10 p.m., more than nine hours after his family reported him missing, a passing tanker spotted the man near the mouth of the Mississippi River and and alerted the Coast Guard. This guy gets rescued by the the Jayhawk helicopter crew. He gets rescued after being in the water for like 12 plus hours. The temperature of the water was 65 degrees. He treaded water in 20 knot winds with three to five foot waves in the Gulf of Mexico, which is full this time of year of bull sharks. Because one of the warmer places 
to go. go trying to get up into the, the, mount, the, the mouth of the Mississippi there. 12 plus hours treading water. And so they scoop the guy up. He's butt naked. Um, and they get him onto this helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you listen to his interview, and you can watch the rescue video, it's incredible. There's a lot of talks about God. A lot of talks about faith. He says, I don't know how I got into the water. I blacked out, and next thing I knew, I was in the water. And there was no ship in sight. There was nothing but pitch black darkness. This is his story, his words. I don't know when I fell off this ship or how I fell off this ship. But when I came to, there was no ship in sight. I don't know what kept me afloat, but it had to be God. Okay. And then I had the will to survive. I just said, I'm just going to keep treading water for somebody gets me. And he said he never had the, the thought of dying or anything like that. He said he thought about sharks and shit like that. Um, but he was like, I just got to make it till morning, makes it till the morning, keeps treading water, but he's like, I'll just keep treading water until somebody finds me. You know, um, he definitely seems like the dumb redneck type. When you look at the interview, just stereotyping him, right? Just profiling him as a good cop does. Looks like a dumb, a dumb redneck. Um, but, but, but like a, like maybe a middle-class plus, like a higher middle-class dumb redneck because he's on a cruise. Um, I can't even afford to go on a cruise. So, uh, he says that it must've been God, man. Must've been God. I've gotten a second chance. And they say, what were you drinking on the boat that night? And he said, well, I had a few drinks during the day, but I was pretty sober. And, you know, I had an air guitar contest that I won. And so, um, I hadn't really had anything to drink. So he's lying. You get a second chance of life and then you fucking lie. Like, let's face it, dude, you were hammered drunk. You did an air guitar contest. Nobody does an air guitar contest sober. And nobody has just a few drinks on an all-inclusive cruise ship at 12 something at night. And nobody feels sick to their stomach to go get ice and falls off of a cruise ship and doesn't remember anything if they were fucking stone cold so sober. Now, I don't know if this dude is going to sue. I assume what's going to happen is he got a second chance at life and he's going to sue the shit out of Carnival Valor. That's what my, that's what I assume is going to happen. And if that does happen, I have a huge problem with it because if you got a second chance of life by being a dumbass, and like I said on the show the other day, I had a friend who's a really good person, who's not a dumb redneck, who is a great musician and a great business owner, and his wife's a great business owner. He had too many drinks, and then he left um, where he was drinking at, which was not my establishment. I was closed on that day, so a few people have asked. But he left and he crossed left of center, striking another car and killed somebody. Now he's going to jail for the next six to 12 years of his life. Okay. This dumbass is drinking and falls off of a fucking cruise ship, talks about his, his, his second chance of life, and then goes on to lie about how much he's had to drink and how he's lying about and being very vague, being very lawyered up about how he fell off the ship. He knows how he fell off that ship. 
Nobody falls off the ship and then just comes to in the water. You don't just pass out, fall in the water, and stay afloat, mouth up. It's not how the world works. Science. You know how you fell off that ship. You were being a dumbass. We're never going to know because he's probably going to make up some bullshit about being overserved at the bar, uh, at the cruise ship, about how the cruise ship's not safe, and they're going to put all these other, you know, implement, uh, they're going to implement all these other changes to the ship, making it less fun for the people who are not full on drunk and retarded to not fall off of a fucking cruise ship. I don't for one second think that this dude fell off that cruise ship because of anything that the cruise ship did or didn't do. He chose to drink as much as he did. He chose to win an air guitar contest and he chose to do whatever he did to get off of that fucking boat. And his interview disgusted me because that's not a second chance. That's not what God gives you a second chance to do. God wants you to do is say, look, man, I fucking, I was, I'm an idiot. I got super drunk. And I thought I could jump from one deck to the next deck or, or whatever dumb bullshit shenanigans he was doing so that we could all learn from it. Instead, he makes up some wazoo story about how he just didn't feel good. It must have been something he ate and he went to go get some ice. And next thing he knows, I'm just I'm in the water floating. I don't buy it, dude. I don't buy it. Um, What do you guys think of that? I mean... Yeah, Rebecca Karen was a crew member on a Disney cruise ship in 2011. Whereabouts remain unknown. Now, I think, I don't know if it was Rebecca, uh, I'll have to do my research, but wasn't she the one that got in a fight on the boat and security was trying to stop her and she ran to the top? Like she uh, she ran to the like tw- like 12th deck and jumped off of that thing. Is that the chick you're talking about? Hang on, I'll look it up real quick. Um. I mean, what a Thanksgiving miracle, though, to to be to be rescued. I just don't think if God gives you a second chance that you you lie to the public about what happened that night. Own it, dude. Own that you got shit faced. You fucking raged on some air guitar solo, and you did something stupid and you fell off the boat on uh, December 2016. A 22 22 year old man fell off the 12th deck of his Royal Caribbean cruise ship after a night of heavy drinking. Uh, his parents sued the cruise line in federal court in Florida, but a jury decided in favor of Royal Caribbean. Thank you. Good job courts. In February, a woman aboard the carnival valor jumped off the 10th deck of the ship while fleeing security officers who were trying. That's the one I was talking about. So that was in February of, of I guess this year. Um, while fleeing security officers who were trying to detain her after she had scuffled with them, her body was never found. Uh, 25 people in the year of 2019 fell overboard and nine of them were rescued. Ooh, so the odds are not in your favor if you fall off a cruise ship. 11% of those were alcohol-related. Um, you know, they're talking about like some kind of like security system that why can't you be alerted when somebody jumps off of there? Why isn't there some kind of a laser beam? Well, because pelicans and you know, all the birds and stuff would break, would break the laser and you'd have alarms going off all the time. And I get that. But what I don't understand is why isn't there like a big ginormous net that goes around the outside of the boat? So you couldn't jump off. of it. If you had like an eight foot net, eight foot wide net off the side of, all these cruise ships, it doesn't matter where you jump on the cruise ship, you're going to land in the net. 
Um, it seems cheaper to me than than lasers and things. I, I don't know, but um, the railing height on these ships is is designed to keep passengers safe along the ship. Um, and and this is a a big cruise line safety manager. He says that if you want off of a ship, the only way to fall off of a cruise ship is that you intentionally do it. That means you force yourself off the fight. You can't just fall off a cruise ship. You got to force yourself off that bitch. And I agree with him. I don't buy this dude shit that he just got sick. You know, I, I'm guessing either he got fucked up on some crazy drugs, um, thought he could fly, you know, thought it would be funny. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I just, you know, my argument here is if God's given you a second chance, don't lie to thousands and thousands of people when you're telling your story on Inside Edition. Um, Jonathan says, no, she was a crew member who just disappeared from her cabin. You know, and I would guess, I would argue that she might be, yeah, maybe human trafficked. I know that human trafficking is, is a kind of a big deal when it comes to cruises and things like that. But, um, I mean, what are the chances that she just didn't want to be in that life anymore? She jumped off. I don't, I don't know that case. I'll have to look it up. But, uh, you know, maybe it's something to talk about. But, you know, what do you think? I mean, you think this guy, You do you believe this guy's story? Do you think he just got sick, walked out, and doesn't remember how he fell off of the boat? I don't know. I don't, I don't believe it, man. I, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night, as the uh, average middle-aged male says quite often. All right, next up in the news, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that on the Instagram page on last call love to know your thoughts on on what do you think can you just fall off of it i mean do you go watch this guy's interview it's on youtube i'll post it i'll post it on the last call and and you tell me if you think he's full of shit i think he's full of shit that's just me personally i think he's full of shit former indianapolis colts quarterback andrew luck has mostly maintained a private lifestyle since his sudden retirement from his professional football career but has recently come out to tell what uh what derailed him um when he was on a track to the hall of fame undoubtedly was going to make it in the hall of fame was going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and he quit abruptly um and without much warning and i don't sports i don't care about sports i definitely don't watch football um but that's not what caught my eye about this story i respect this man matter of fact i might go buy an andrew luck jersey and become whatever an andrew luck fan looks like i i, I believe he must have played for the colts or something but um, I, I don't know, but, um, he got married and his wife became pregnant and he says, quote, to play quarterback, you're not allowed to worry about anything except the task at hand. And that steeps into other areas of your life. It's not the healthiest way to live. To play quarterback, let me just read this again. You're not allowed to worry about anything except the task at hand. How can that relate to some of us? How many of you first responders are in your car? And as you should, that nothing is more important than the task at hand. Because you got to keep your friend alive. you got to keep yourself alive. You've got to protect the woman and the man involved in a very dangerous domestic violence situation that could get out of hand. The crazy person, as we saw in Texas recently, 
Or the other shooting that I just watched that I plan on breaking down of a man sitting in a chair with an ax and, and how quickly that escalated. But the most important thing is the task at hand and how many first responders suffer, how many first responders families suffer because of this very thing that I speak of here, this, 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 this exact thing that I, that I'm talking about. You're not allowed to worry about anything except the task at hand. And that weighed heavy on this dude's heart. He gave up millions of dollars because he understood that he could either be like Tom Brady and be the goat and the greatest of all time and remembered forever for being a great football player. But he's also going to be remembered as a shitty husband. Maybe a shitty father. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his kids, his personal life well enough. But Andrew Luck said, I would rather be known as a good husband and a good father. Luck hinted that his obsession to be an elite quarterback hurt some of the relationships in his personal life. Wickersham also noted that Luck struggled to find out how to be the best leader for the team. Luck seemed to feel pressure to change his entire personality in order to meet the expectations of being a leader in the locker room. Luck seemed to feel pressure to change his entire personality. <laughs> I mean, if this isn't the exact thing that all first responders are going, we're being forced to change our personalities. We're being forced to be tolerant of things that we know we should be intolerant of. We are allowing crimes and statistics to be written in a way that we know is not right to do. We are going after people for the sake of uh, of perception, right? We're charging people for the thought for, for, for the perception so that the mob uh, doesn't come after us. We're arresting people for opening up gyms um, during a pandemic that we don't agree with. We're shutting down businesses because of things that we don't agree with. We're taking knees changing our personality, taking a knee for stances that we don't really do, we don't really agree with. I talked to an officer and he said, if taking a knee is going to stop the city from being burned to the ground, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a knee. So you're changing your, per and I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's wrong, but what I'm saying is he changed his personality, he changed who he was to fix a problem. And these are the same things that, that, that this luck guy um, is going through. And as I read this article, I just couldn't help but think about all the first responders and, and the whole existence of last call and, and, and the pressure to change his entire personality in order to meet the expectations of being a leader. And, and just, just, just instead of locker room, put community. The four time pro bowler began suffering from what somewhat as an identity crisis. He says, quote, a lot, a lot, a lot Luck said when asked how much self-identified as a quarterback, I didn't realize that until after the fact. The four-time bro, that, that I don't, I don't agree with the way that that, that paragraph's written. Fucked me up because um, it looked like it was going to be a much more interesting topic than just saying a lot, a lot, a lot. I thought, I thought when it said a lot, a lot, a lot, I thought that was going to be like boom. This is a big paragraph. It wasn't a big paragraph at all. I apologize, but the high standards that luck held himself to, uh, didn't, tra it, it translated well on being a quarterback and it, it was great on the field. Uh, but it was, he, he wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't helping out in his, his family relations. And, and that's, and that's awesome. 
I and I I applaud that, and that's why he left, and that's what he came out and he said to preserve not only his physical health but his mental health too. That he decided to retire. What he says is that not you know he. This is what I like. Uh, let me find the one quote that he said right there at the end before he he left. Um, uh, okay, I'll just read this whole paragraph because I I like it. He was, this is uh, outside the injury, things have begun to shift in Luck's personal life. He was not just a quarterback. In the offseason, he and Nicole had been married. Uh, she became pregnant with Lucy. Um, he had responsibilities and promises beyond himself and the Colts. He was coming close to saying out loud what he had disclosed only to Nicole and a few others, and that he wasn't sure that he wanted to do this anymore. Not that he could, but that he didn't want to do it anymore. He had proved. This is, this is the part I liked. He had proved that he could play at a high level and he had received plenty of praise and criticism enough to know that neither of those things mattered. He'd done enough to know that none of those things mattered. And that's what I try to preach to all the first responders. That don't let this job, don't let being the best cop in the world Take away from you being the best father, from being the best friend, and being truly happy. Do not be a slave to the job. Do not think that you have to go that 30 years for your pension and for all your other things. It's nice, I'm sure. And I'm speaking from somebody who didn't. I only did eight years. But I am extremely happy outside of law enforcement. At times I do miss it. But I, I knew when it was time to go, but here's the problem. This is when it becomes a problem. Is when, it, when law enforcement, when you can't manage your relationship, when you can't manage your family because of your career choice, that's a pro- for me, it's a problem. I would rather say that I was married for 60 years than to say I was a cop for 30 years. I'd rather my children still talk to me on my dying bed, not because I'm on my deathbed, but because they've always talked to me. They've always had a relationship with me. I'd rather be able to have the hard conversations with my children and have them make the right decisions than I would to say I retired as a cop after 30 years. I'm not saying that you can't be a great cop and a great father. What I'm saying is that if you can't, just like if you can't drink without beating your wife, you should stop fucking drinking. If you can't drink and not do something dumb like drive or cause mischief, then you should stop drinking. If you can't be a great cop and be a great husband or a father, then you got to find something else to do. Unless you're willing to just say, this is more important to me than my family. Personally, I was never willing to do that. I'm still not willing to do that. I just, when I read this article, the article hit me. I fell in love with this article. And and that's something that we could absolutely be talking out and preaching over the weekend for the weekend barbecue. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's what I advocate um, the most is finding that balance between being a good cop and not a good husband. Be a good cop and be a great husband. Be a great wife. Be a great father, a great mother, whatever it is. That's more important than being a great because nobody gives a fuck about you for being a great cop for 30 years. I want to tell you right now, 
I can name you like five retired RPD cops right now that retired before I got there. You will not be remembered. Nobody cares how many babies you saved. Nobody cares how many citations you got, how many life-saving awards you got, how, how many officer of the years you got. Nobody will care. No, you are not going to be a legend. You're not. Statistically speaking, the chances of you being a legendary cop are slim to absolutely none. But the impact that you can make on your children's life that will then relate to their children's lives and their children's lives and creating good genes. Remember that when last names used to be a thing? Like, you know, don't disgrace your name. You know, we, we, we don't disgrace the badge. We will not embarrass the badge. But we'll go out and cheat on our wives and embarrass our fucking last name. That's for fucking sure. We'll go out and drink and drive and think that that's fucking cool. Embarrass our last names. We'll get caught up in the domestic violence shit in our own homes because we don't care about our last names. But damn it, when we're in uniform, whew, we will not embarrass that badge. It should be the other way around. Don't embarrass your last name. And if the badge is going to cause you to embarrass your last name, get rid of the badge. Your last name comes first. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's the Christmas holiday season. Uh, it's that time of year. Here's something that I want you to do with your loved one. That is something outside of the job. That's something fun. And I want to see a picture of it on last call. I want you to private message me, DM me. I'll share it up. But this is something that I'm doing this year. Uh, it's something that I started uh, for the sake of not going insane. Christmas Eve, we put out the fucking coffee. We, we put out the donuts and the milk, right? I mean, the coffee, ah, the fucking cookies and the milk. I like donuts and coffee because I'm a cop. Ex-cop. Uh, once a cop, always a cop. All right, put out the cookies and the milk, right? We do all the wrapping, okay? We wake up in the morning and we have nothing but fucking chaos. This year, and I'm fucking going to invent it this year. This year, I have a toolbox. Something I started last year. This year, I'm ready. I've got not one, not two, not three. I have four trash locations in the living room trash bags already tied up to something so that no matter what couch you're sitting on opening presents you can stuff your trash right into that bag and i've got a toolbox with double a batteries triple a batteries scissors zip like the snips to snip zip ties i got all of the things needed so that oh and the little micro the micro screwdrivers, all the things so that when your kid opens the fucking gift that you bought him from Target that has more safety uh, contraptions than pressing the red button in the White House, you don't have to go looking around the house, going through all the drawers, pausing Christmas, getting frustrated and grumpy because you can't get something out of the box. Now, we know that now these things, they're not just zip tie clubs. You got to freaking get the screwdriver and unscrew these things from the box that they came in. It's asinine. It's so stupid to me. But this year, I've got an entire toolbox. I don't care if that thing is screwed into the package, it's zip-tied in the package, if it's just a hard plastic that I can't get through, if it takes AA batteries, AAA batteries, I have it all right there. This year, this Christmas, we will not leave the living room except to re replenish our plates with more cinnamon rolls and our cups with more coffee. Because I've got a fucking Christmas toolkit hmm? huh? I think that you and your loved one and your wife getting ready for you got like two weeks get your 
Christmas Day toolkit ready, and I want to see pictures of it. Show me how creative you... Look, it's just going to make family day better. You're not going to be a grumpy asshole being like, oh, I can't believe these fucking things come in a box and can't unscrew them. Who the fuck does this? Merry fucking Christmas, you fucking assholes. Oh, God. Oh, it takes a fucking lithium battery. No. All that's going to be gone because you're going to have a badass fucking toolkit and Christmas is going to be saved because of your proactivity. Because you listen to Last Call. That's the shit that I give you. Also, listen, for gifts this year, uh, if you're anything like me and you're sick and tired of searching for ammunition and when you find it, the prices are so jacked up through the roof, it's not even worth buying. That's why I am so proud to partner this year with Ammo Seek. That's A M M O Seek. Ammo Seek is an incredibly helpful comparison shopping search engine for in stock ammunition, guns, magazines, and reloading supplies. They update their results in near real time. So if you see it on Ammo Seek, you're, it's available at the listed price. Search by caliber, cost per round, grain, weight, manufacturer, you name it. Ammo Seek is totally free to use. And you can even save past searches and set price alerts so that you're notified when your favorite product at your desired price shows up. If you're looking for great deals on in-stock ammo from over 260 online retailers, that's 200 less than the people died building the World Cup, they will ship right to your door. You can do it all with AmmoSeek.com. Find in-stock ammo, firearms, reloading components, and the best prices on the web at AmmoSeek.com. You'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only sit in part of it. Uh, How did that go? Sunday, 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 all tickets half price. You'll pay for the entire seat, but you'll only need the edge. Monster Jam. Uh, Just replace Monster Jam with AmmoSeek. Do me a favor. When you register and get your free account with AmmoSeek, Tell them the Wolfpack sent you. There's a little scroll down thing there. Hit that failure to stop. Dude, it's free. Fucking free. Go to AmmoSeek.com right now. Sign up for free and tell them the Wolfpack sent you. You might not buy ammo tonight. You might not buy ammo tomorrow. But at some point, you're going to need to order some more ammo. Go to AmmoSeek.com. Also, as you know, GhostBed. Hit up GhostBed.com. Got that 40% off flash sale. Ultimate gift. The ultimate gift is a ghost bed. If you really want to go all out for your loved one, get them a ghost bed. iTarget is going to be so much fun this year. You know how passionate we are about the Constitution, especially our Second Amendment. But we're also just as passionate about reasonable gun ownership and protecting our families. We just discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and have a blast doing it. It's called iTarget Pro. And this system is a game changer. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, Load the laser bullet into my firearm. You can get any kind of laser bullet with your fire that goes with your firearm. Uh, and started training. Even better, my wife can now practice safely without even needing to leave the house. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code WOLFPACK. When you get when you go to iTargetPro.com. That's I Target. That's I the letter I Target. Pro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, along with gas to get to the range, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, TargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com, promo code WOLFPACK. Oh.
All right, to finish out the show really quick, um, there's just been a lot of people in the chats really quick. I just want to address some of them. Um, so if you are just listening in your car and you want the magic to continue, to just keep going on and on and on because of your 12-hour shift, well, you're in luck because it is. If not, if that's not your style, all I'm doing is acknowledging the chats right now. Murr530 says, my kid's big Christmas present was a bigger dirt bike. He already has it, though, because I had to rebuild the engine. He's pretty easy going about it, though, since he understands the cost. And the work put in. Murph 530, I love that. Make sure you do something nice on Christmas Day for him. Don't let that magic go away. I don't care how old he is. There's got to be something, whether it's monetary in value or not, do something special for the young man that, uh, that makes it special to Christmas. Maybe you make him, maybe you get him a custom-made t-shirt with his name on it, or maybe you get him a Christmas ornament, a dirt bike Christmas ornament, something um, to make that morning special. I'm sure you will because you're in these chats and you're a long-time listener. Um, uh, goblin mode D's nuts. Will Cray says, yeah, I, I hope my wife doesn't go goblin mode in the sense of, oh, fuck it, I'll never... I'll never be as good as Jenna Jameson. I'll never be as good as Paris Hilton in One Night in Paris, so I'm just going to go goblin mode and never suck another dick. I mean, I don't want to talk about my sex life, and I don't want to brag, but my wife is way better than Paris Hilton, probably. That video, although it was awesome, uh, doesn't look like she was actually very good at what she was doing. Kim Kardashian, same thing. I think my wife wins. Whatever, I don't want her to feel like they were better, and I don't want her to go goblin mode and not do it anymore. That would suck. Bones Cold, Fleas Austin, 316 says, My wife and I aren't doing gifts this year. Well, that's sad. Our gift to each other is a vacation to Alaska. That makes me happy. Uh, we are also having both sides of the family over at our place, so that's everyone's gift. Bones Cold, again, same thing that I told uh, uh, the other guy. Make sure that she get her something. Although she says you don't have to get her something you have to get her something christmas ornaments maybe um I, I don't know but i would definitely not go without getting her something small to make the morning magical maybe just a little box with a little hey honey i just want to say i love you really quick here's a i found this christmas ornament it just made me think of you and i love you something like that because there is magic on that day and it's like valentine's day when you're in kindergarten and you didn't get a valentine like everybody's getting flowers and those little cards, you know, and you don't get one. It's sad, right? You say you don't care, but when that day comes, there's a little bit of you that says, man, I wish somebody would have given me something. So get her something. Um, Murr backs it up saying that he will have a good day and have another surprise for him from Santa. I spoil these kids. Good. I'm glad you spoil them. I mean, that's what the kids are there for. You only get to have them once. They grow up fast. Will Cray says, I'm buying myself an AR once I get my concealed carry permit, which should be back sooner than later. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Um, guys, I really appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> Drew Breezy says, Ammo Seek, spelled S-I-K-H. There's a bearded fella named Amir who <laughs> brokers ammunition. <laughs> Oh, that may have just made my afternoon, to be honest with you. That's super funny. Um, yes, going goblin mode on a ghost bed would be incredible. Uh, that's the one place that you can go goblin mode. Honey Badger 640 says, can't wait to celebrate my daughter's first Christmas this year. Um, that's incredible, man. Uh, enjoy it. Take all the fucking pictures, man. Wake up early. I, I say this to people, man. The, the, Christmas is the one day, I, and some people don't celebrate Christmas. And and then um recently I went scorched earth 
on someone because they said, uh, Christmas is a lie. I don't feel like lying to my kids. And I just think the whole thing is a corporate, you know, disaster and it has nothing to do with Jesus's birth. And I don't even believe that Jesus was born, you know, has a birthday, yada, yada, yada. All that aside, Christmas is the one, I, there is not another day in the year. There's not another opportunity in your lifetime that you can create, that you can recreate the magic that is Christmas morning to a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old child. There's not another moment in history of your children's lives that they will go to sleep and can't sleep because of excitement, of pure joy and excitement. That they won't wake up voluntarily at 5 a.m. and run into your room to ask you to please wake up, please wake up, and let's see what Santa brought us. There's not a moment that you can recreate that when you turn on the light and see the magic in those eyes when they see what is underneath that lit up beautiful Christmas tree, the magic when they see that the cookies are gone and the milk has been drank, there is no other way to recreate that one moment for that child. And whether they believe in Santa for that, they'll remember that one year and then next year they don't believe in it. It doesn't matter. No child has ever been mad at their parents for lying about Santa Claus because they will never ever forget the power in that moment. They'll never forget that the magical feeling that for one day of their entire life that they felt real life magic. Even though it wasn't real, they felt it and they loved it. And having four kids and seeing that recreated year after year has made Christmas the most fantastic time of the year for myself. And I, I understand why people are depressed when they're older, when their kids move out, and why Christmas can be so sad. It's because that magic can't be recreated again. It's a high that you will chase and you'll never get back. And that is why I'm 100% pro-Christmas. I'm 100% pro turning on the fucking Christmas music before Thanksgiving. I'm 100% pro driving. We get in our car with hot chocolate to drive around and look at Christmas lights. And every year it gets less and less and less. And that's sad. I didn't do it this year because I broke my arm and that's sad. But there is a joy that lights up when your kid says, whoa, dad, look at that house. Whoa, dad, that one's nice. Oh, they tried hard. Whoa, did you see that candy cane? When can we stop for a donut? You know, it's those magical moments that happen through the whole month of Christmas. Religion excluded, your moral principles. I mean, not moral. I don't think there's anything morally wrong with with Christmas, but whatever your, you know, your uh, rage against the machine feelings are, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that fucks that up. That one moment for your one kid. And I hope uh, whoever said that they they're excited for their daughters for Christmas, man. I'm telling you, it's only going to get better for the next like five or six years. Uh, my, my, my oldest son is nine and he, this year it's not so much about the gifts that he's getting. It's more about the gifts that he was able to go buy with his own money. And yesterday he was like, dad, I'm so excited about Christmas. I got you guys the coolest gifts and I can't wait for you to open them. And still that magic at nine years old is there. There's still a magic there. And my four, my five-year-old is asking all the questions about Santa and he's super pumped. And my eight-year-old uh, is just as pumped about all the gifts and they're going through the catalogs. And, and that's just a ma- magic that doesn't need to go away. So um, keep the Christmas spirit alive. Don't be the Debbie Downer. Do it for your family. Do it for your kids. Make everything about that day special. Uh, and part of that is being prepared with having a badass Christmas toolkit. So for the Wolfpack, 
go and make a Christmas tool pack. I want to see it, dude. I want to see how creative you idiots get. Dude, I'll show you mine. I want to make, I, I want to show you my toolbox, dude. I'm going to go all in on this fucking Christmas day toolbox. I'm going to have the most organized Christmas morning ever, dude. I am going to be in my robe naked underneath. I'm going to pop a blue chew in the morning. I'm just kidding. Um, but I will be in my robe, butt naked underneath. I will not move from my recliner. I will have a trash bag on each side of my recliner. My kids will have a trash bag on each side of the couch. The stockings, everything's going to be ready to go. And I will have every tool available for anything that comes my way uh, on Christmas morning. So suck it, Satan. Suck it, uh, what's that, that, that creature, uh, that German creature? Anyway, guys, guns up, giddy up. Until next time, this has been Last Call of the Day. Uh, woo. Nope, that was a ghost. Arr, arr, arr.